0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode four of the season three, which is 2021, episode four of 2021. And uh, before we begin, please subscribe and share to my podcast. Uh, it would be a great help if you like what I, what I do and you think I'm doing a good job. It would be a great help. Help if you subscribe and share, tell your friends. So um, now that we got that out of the way, let's uh, open up with a prayer. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we'll go into the act of penance. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. (laughs) Kiri elision. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Okay, we'll go to the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Okay, so uh, we're going to read today this is um, this is going to be Tuesday after Epiphany. Entance Santiphon. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is God and has given us light. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is God and has given us light. O God, whose only begotten Son has appeared in our very flesh, grant, we pray, that we may be inwardly transformed through him whom we recognize as outwardly like ourselves, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. First reading is from the first letter of St. John, chapter 4, verse 7 and 10. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. God sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we may have life through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as expiation for our sins. Let me read it one more time. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. God sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might have life through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as expiation for our sins. Okay, so I read it twice, so let's go back. And understand what exactly the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Let us love one another because God, because love is of God. Let us love one another because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love. the the we have to separate, I think love that is of God from the way the world understands love. The world often confuses love with lust, and it confuses love with sex. And it often, I think, even romance, romantic love is often confused. Just the same way. Romance as in a relationship. Romance as in you, I guess you could say, um, appreciate. Okay, often people don't understand that you can't love what you do not know. If you don't know the person, you cannot love the person. You have to know what you love. You have to understand it. You have to appreciate it. You have to appreciate the individual. You have to appreciate what that person is, what that person is like. And I think the problem is, is that we often confuse this. Can you love someone without wanting to possess that person? Of course, we do want that person in our life. Because we want to be loved. And we want that person. We want the object of our love to know us, but sometimes we we don't always do that because the way the world, because remember, like our Lord said, my peace, I give you not as the world gives. And when he loves us, he doesn't love us the way the world does. The world often wants to dominate and often what happens after, sorry about that um what what often happens the world often gets bored people get bored very easy so that means when they what they want what they had for you was never really true love because true love never gets tired we all read that famous letter by saint paul and i think that's important we're probably going to have to go over that because we should really understand it. Love never gets tired. Love endures. Love doesn't make demands like Paul says. And this is something we have to understand that the love that the world claims and believes in is not the same thing as divine love. The Greeks have different words for love. Agape is divine love, godly love. That surpasses that of human love, and that's something we have to understand. That I think it's 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 not an easy thing. I think even scholars, because it's easy for a scholar to talk about it, than to really experience it, than to really uh, deal with it. It's not the same thing. There's love for friends. There's love for family. And there's also divine love, and there's also the kind of love that the world often um, confuses love, which is lust. And sometimes we, because the word romance doesn't necessarily have to be with what you call like courtship or like the kind of romance that men and women experience. It can be romance with God, it could be romantic, uh, spiritual romance, because God is love. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be the kind of thing that Shakespeare talks about or what you talk about in Valentine's Day. It's not always the same thing. No. Let's continue. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. So divine love is revealed to us. God sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might have life through him. So it's divine life, divine love, which is also divine. Divine life, divine love and life, godly love. In this is love. Uh, Okay, so in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he had loved us and sent his son as expiation for our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that we may have life. It's the same person who wrote the gospel of John, as we can see. So this is something we have to understand. We have to seek first God. We have to love God. We have to seek God's love first, and we have to live in God's love. And we have to um, love the world through God's love so that we may be perfect, that we may have perfect life in him. Okay, so let's go now to Psalm, the Responsolio Psalm, Psalm 72. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice and your afflicted ones with judgment. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. The mountains shall yield peace for the people, and the hills justice. He shall defend the afflicted among the people, save the children of the poor. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Justice shall flower in his days, and profound peace till the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Okay, so once more, it's talking about a perfect world ruled by the Christ, the anointed one, the the Son of God. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. The father and the son of both kings, one and the same. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. You know, those, um, he shall govern your people with justice. The people of God, the kingdom of God, the, the new people of God. People that God that God promised Abraham, all the nations of the earth, all the families of the earth will be blessed. These are God's people who are marked with you know with God's love, with the mark of Christ. And your afflicted ones, those who have suffered, the saints, with judgment. Remember, Jesus said, You shall sit on my throne with, with the Son of Man and you shall judge the nations. The mountains shall yield peace for the people, the mountain of God and the hills justice. The mountain of God and every hill that has uh, that has the uh, the church, basically it symbolizes the church, the new people of God. And he shall defend the afflicted among the people. Again, the afflicted. You go from your afflicted ones with judgment, and he, he shall defend the afflicted among the people. Save the children of the poor. Those who are persecuted, the saints. Again, it's one once more the saints, those who suffer, who participate in the suffering of the Lamb, who participate in the suffering of the Messiah, the Lord Messiah, the Christ Lord. Justice shall flower in his days. Justice shall flower. Like the understanding of God's word, God's uh, law. Like they said, um, the New Testament is hidden in the Old, and the Old Testament comes out in a new, like a flower. We shall understand everything, all all that came before through the prophets. They'll come out and bloom like a flower for us, and profound peace till the moon be no more. And profound, a profound peace till the moon be no more. I guess maybe because it's the lesser light of the day, and often, you know, sins are committed. At night. You know, that's what we usually are supposed to say, our prayers, so that we don't sin. Justice shall flower in his day and profound peace till the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea. All nations, uh, all all authority of heaven and earth have been handed over to Christ. And from the river to the ends of the earth. The word of God shall flow like a river to the ends of the earth and the sea you know, if you look at the book of Genesis, it says there's a river that flows from Eden and it breaks up into four rivers. Notice the word four. And what would what do we have in the New Testament? The four Gospels. And what do we see in the book of Revelation? The four creatures. We have one like an, uh, an angel, one um, a lion with wings, and one... Uh, Like a bull with wings And then you have an eagle The four gospels The four gospels The four rivers That flow out of the Christ That flow out of God That flow out of the heart of Christ He sends like the four corners of the earth Basically Okay, so uh, Now we'll go into the Alleluia Antiphon Alleluia, alleluia the Lord sent, sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor and proclaim liberty to captives. Alleluia, Allelujah. It's from Luke's Gospel chapter four verse 18. That's the Alleluia and Diphon. And the reading is going to be from Saint Mark. Multiplying the lobes, G, uh, Jesus shows himself as a prophet. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Mark, glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. But now it was already late, and his disciples approached him and said, "This is a deserted place, and it's already very late. Dismiss them so that they can go to the surrounding farms." Surrounding farm, Dismiss them so they can go to the surrounding farms and villages and buy themselves something to eat. He said to them in reply, give them some food yourselves. But they said to him, are we to buy 200 days wages worth of food and give it to them to eat? He asked him, how many lobes do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five loaves and two fish. So he gave orders to have them sit down in groups on the green grass. The people took their place in rows by hundreds and by fifties. Then, taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples. To set them before the people, he also divided the two fish among them. Among them all, they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up twelve wicker baskets full of fragments, and what was left of the fish. Those who ate of the loaves were were five thousand men. The gospel, of the Lord prays to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's go back and read it one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. But now it was already late, and his disciples approached him and said, This is a deserted place, and it is already very late. Dismiss them so they can go to the surrounding farms and villages and buy themselves something to eat. He said to them in reply, Give them some food yourselves. But they said to him, Are we to buy two hundred day wages worth of food and give, and give it to them to eat? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five lobes and two fish. So he gave orders to have them sit down in groups on the green grass. The people took their places in rows by hundreds, by fifties. Then taking the five lobes and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he said, to the, he said the blessing, broke the lobes and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied and they picked up 12 wicker baskets full of fragments and what was left of the fish and those who ate of the loaves were 5,000 men. So, all right. So now the question is, what exactly is being said here? What exactly is Jesus trying to say here to us? Okay, we have here, when Jesus saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. When Jesus saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for, for them, for they were sheep without a shepherd. All right, they're basically the people. <laughs> it's Interesting are being neglected in his days by the religious authorities, by their shepherds. Um, spiritually they're neglected. They were sheep without a shepherd. His heart was moved for them. These people were, were desperate. They were mal, spiritually malnourished. Okay, because the fact that his heart was moved with pity doesn't say because they were hungry. Or in the beginning, notice that that's not what he was concerned about, even though he knew they were hungry and they needed food. But these people were following him around and they wanted to stick close to him. They saw what he could do. They heard what he said. Now, you don't just follow somebody because he can perform miracles, but you follow someone because there's something this person has that you're lacking. They knew they were lacking something and he knew they were lacking spiritual nourishment, spiritual guidance. They needed needed a God who would guide them. They needed a shepherd who would guide them and he was the one. And he began, it says here, and he began to teach them many things. So let's go back and read that again. When Jesus saw the cross, The vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. I hope I read that correctly in the beginning. Sometimes I often wonder if I read the whole line correctly. I could rush through things, so I apologize. He began to teach them many things. So it wasn't all about food it wasn't about food. He wasn't concerned about their, their fears, phys- their physical nourishment. He was concerned about their spiritual m- nourishment. He was concerned about their, their, their spiritual needs. All right. Their, um. their deep spiritual need. They were spiritually, morally malnourished. And, He sees that they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. This is Mark chapter 6 verse 34 to 44. If you want to look it up. Mark chapter 6 verse 34 to 44. But now it was already late. And his disciples approached him and said. This is a deserted place. And it's already very late. Dismiss them. So they can go to the surrounding farms and villages and buy something to eat. They were the ones concerned about the material needs. They were the more concerned about, they were less concerned, they were not even concerned about what was happening. They weren't paying attention, obviously, to what was going around them as they usually don't. They don't pay attention to, what, to the real needs of the people, which was their spiritual needs. Okay, they weren't paying attention as the way clerics today are not paying attention. Jesus is paying attention, but they're not. They're they're more concerned about these people going to get hungry and they're going to get angry. But there there was nothing like that going on. Jesus himself wasn't so much concerned about that. And the people don't seem to be acting up about food. Maybe the kids, most likely, but you know, the people seemed to be very they seemed to be satisfied just being near Jesus, just being with him. They weren't concerned about the the physical matter. They probably already knew they could go down to the villages and buy food, if they have it. And they were probably and let's put it this way: maybe people were already sharing food with, with other people. What little they had. There was a most likely chance. They wanted to be near Jesus. They they wanted to be near him. They were following him around. Okay, And Jesus' heart was moved with pity because they were spiritually malnourished. They wanted to hear the word of God. They wanted him to preach to them, to talk to them. They felt close to him because they, they they, they were in the presence of God. And the apostles were the ones who were more concerned about material needs. And they said, dismiss them so they can go to the surrounding farms and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Now Jesus challenges them. He says, he said to them in reply, give them some food yourselves. Now he was probably not saying, not thinking about physical food he was talking about spiritual food now notice their reply okay but they said to him are we to buy 200 days wages worth of food and give give them to eat <laughs> now what does jesus do again he he kind of like i guess you can say he undermines them and says he asked he asked them how many lobes do you have go and see and when they had found out they said five lobes and two fish now five lobes i've often wondered why five lobes and two fish why those particular details um that, that's something i have i often had to struggle with because i haven't been able to figure that out but the five lobes um Basically, I think if we look at it, uh, it must have been something to do with Genesis, right? And I mean, where was it on the 5th day that all the grain and the vegetation were created possibly? All right? Because on the 6th day all the cattle was created, right? I mean, if I'm correct. I really should look that up, right? You know, look at the revised ten version here. It's something. It's you know. It's something. I mean, those are details we can look at. Well, it says here on the fifth. Um, it says here, and God said, "Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let the birds fly over the earth." That first was the birds, and then. Afterward came the contrast from the sky to the sea. And um, God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves. So uh, on the fourth day, we know that the sun and moon and stars were created. So, um, and then it goes on to here. It was basically on the third day uh, hold on, the third day, what well, was the vegetation, right? And it was on the, fr- well, the point is, I think maybe it has something to do. I don't know why five. That's that. That's, that's the, that's the part I think that often puzzles me. I know two fit the two fish can symbolize maybe the two tablets of the law. Maybe the, the, you know, the, uh, In some instances there, but it's difficult to say because he multiplies them. And the thing is, we get afterward, you see, I I don't know everything as you can see, but I, I'm trying to figure it out here. Okay. Um, He, how many lobes do you have? Go and see. When they have found that out, they said five lobes and two fish. Okay, but if you add five and uh, five and two, you get seven. Right? Five and two, you get seven. So it's number seven. So I guess you could say, right? You work, and then six is the sixth day where human, humanity works because you still have to work and eat. Seven, two fish adding up to five is seven. That's the only thing I could think of there because it symbolizes an oath. Because seven also is a covenant number and seven is also the num, is the word and number for oath. It's a sacred number. It's a mystical number because God rested on the seventh day and on the seventh day we are supposed to rest and offer everything to God. So that's you know six is just man was created on the sixth day, and if God didn't bless the seventh day and and also didn't give life to man, man will be just a bit, been a member of the cattle, member of the uh, I know many theologians have said that he would have been just the beast. And so he you know he he multiplies it. He tells the people to sit down. At first part, it says here, some sat in 50 and others sat in a hundred. 50 is half. 50 is like a Jubilee year. You multiply 50 twice, you get a hundred. So in some cases, it symbolizes something like a double Jubilee in a sense. Um, And then it goes on, he he, then taking the five loaves and two fish, looking up to heaven, he said a blessing, broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied and picked up 12 wicker baskets full of fragments and what was left of the fish. And those who ate of the loaves were 5,000 men. 5,000 men. So he multiplied. He blessed. He blessed. The world was blessed by fifty. They waited. Like, I guess you can say like fifty. And then he blessed, he double blessed. He double others were double blessed by hundred. Maybe it could have been a symbolism of faith. Those who were a hundred were far were were, were were probably more certain of who he is, and those who were fifty maybe not. I don't know. It's it's a very interesting it's a very interesting conclusion there. But it basically, when you go back, it also, uh, what you read in the Psalms, and what you read about his love. He had great love for the people, but he wasn't really judging them on their faith. It just maybe maybe on the stages of their faith. Because, you know, all of us are at different stages. We're seeking. Some maybe have been there because they were curious. Others were there because they were certain. The apostles still didn't get it. So when he collected everything, it was 12 wicker baskets. 12 wicker baskets uh, symbolizing the 12 apostles and symbolizing the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay, so um, I'm going to read to you some articles. All right, so this is a report here on Argentina. Argentina Bill to legalize abortion in first 14 weeks advances in Argentina's Congress. Women and those with other gender identities who are able to get pregnant and have the right to decide to terminate pregnancy within 14 weeks of gestation, the bill states. This is by Calvin Free, uh, Freeberger. This is from site News. Buenos Aires, Argentina, December 12th, 2020. The lower house of the Argentinian Congress voted to legalize abortion in the 14th week of pregnancy. Friday, uh, that was a Friday of that week, setting the stage for a bitter confrontation in the nation's Senate. So it's not legal yet. It's still, it's still basically being fought. Okay. The bill which declares that women and those with other gender identities are able to get pregnant and have the right to decide to terminate pregnancy within 14 weeks of gestation. The bill uh, passed 131 to 117 with six abstains. All right. Well, okay. It wouldn't have actually made much of a difference, right? Because those six uh, probably just wouldn't have had much. It will just be eight, uh, 138, probably, if they even if they voted against it. I mean, no, it was 138 already. It was passed. I'm talking about 117, just was not going to make it. Okay. We're just not going to help it. Well, I got to get my numbers right here. The vote follows intense debate between pro life Argentina's ad- adorned in blue, who flooded the streets in more than 500 cities last month in protest. And pro-abortion activists who were who wear the green scarves that have come to symbolize the movement and have support of international organizations such as Amnesty International. I'm sure George Soros invested his money in this. This is a fundamental step and and recognition of a long struggle that women's movements have been carrying out in our country for years said Elizabeth Gomez, Alcaterra, the government's government's women's gender and diversity minister. We are going to continue working so that the voluntary termination of pregnancy becomes law. They don't want to show what an abortion is, responded Mariana Ledger, a pro-life demonstrator carrying a cross and a dummy of an aborted baby. This is it and they don't want to show it. They're hiding the truth. We're not foolish people. The pro-abortion measure, which has the support of President Alberto Fernandez, now moves on to uh, to the Argentinian Senate, where the vote is expected to be, clo- or to be close. The numerous uh, prior attempts to legalize abortion have died in the Senate over the past several years. Advocates of repealing the country's pro-life abor- uh, protections argue that they fail to uh, to prevent l- uh, half a million abortions a year and have only, have, have, only media, um, have only made legal abortions the country's leading cause of maternal death. I'm um, um, sorry. Okay. Advocates of repealing the country's pro-life protections argue that they failed to prevent half a million ab- abortions a year and have only made illegal abortions in the country's leading cause of maternal death. Illegal abortions. Americans, America's United for Life disputed such claim. Um, Claims in 2012 report on state of abortion in Latin America, citing statistics from Argentina's National Ministry of Health, is found that illegal abortions represent a small percentage of maternal deaths, 74 out of 306 in in 2007. Further, the reports have quoted the World Health Organization as acknowledged that hospital structure was was the most important uh, variable to determining maternal deaths. The availability of essential uh, essential care, active emergencies, and experts must be addressed to save women's lives. AUL concludes, rather than legalizing abortion, the polls say that 60% of Argentines do not approve of abortion. Pro-life, uh, you know, approve of abortion. Pro-life uh, Jose Carmorgia of LifeSite News, Jonathan Van Meeren the Catholic Church, the Evangel- evangelical and civil organizations are united to stop the law and the pro-life communities will continue to grow on a continental level. Hmm. All right, that was it there. So what does this mean? Well, I have one more I want to show you here. This one is really going to disturb you. Let's look at it. This one, is about New Zealand New Zealand's prime minister Russia's world's most extreme abortion legislation into law while country distracted with pandemic isn't that sounds very familiar like here in the United States The New Zealand's Prime Minister introduced the most extreme abortion law in the world after the Abortion Legalization Bill passed, its third reading in Parliament. The bill passed by 68 votes to 51, a much narrower margin than at the first and second reading. The new law will mean that New Zealand has the most extreme abortion law in the world. This will include... Abortion will uh, okay. Let's see here. Let's see if I can. Abortion from twenty weeks uh, to birth for any reason. Sex selective abortion legalized. Abortion from twenty weeks through uh, through to birth for disabilities, including cleft cleft lip, club foot, and Down syndrome. No legal requirements that babies born alive are given medical support. No requirements that a doctor must be involved in an abortion. No legal requirements that pain relief be given to babies being aborted between 20 weeks and and birth. Huh. Wow. Okay. Let's go on here. All right. Abortion will not will will now be available on demand for any reason up to birth. Abortion from twenty weeks uh, uh, through to birth for any reason. Current law, all right. Under New Zealand law, abortion is allowed past twenty weeks, on very strict grounds. Within the abortion is necessary to save the life of the woman or a girl to prevent serious permanent injury to her physical or mental health. District law has meant meant that abortion past 20 weeks are rare. For example, 72 abortions occurred after 20 weeks in New Zealand. Hmm. Proposed law uh, under the proposed new law new criteria could be introduced under which an abortion can take place between 20 weeks and birth. There are only a few other regions in the world where abortion is available in practice right now, right through birth. Why? Unbelievable. Why? Why? Because it's all an attack against the incarnation. This is all attacking the incarnation of our Lord. Our Lord came, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Um, the Aramaic would say pitch his tent. The Greek can also be translated. I have a, a Greek New Testament translation from a, uh, from the Greeks where it says tabernacled with us, tabernacled. The flesh is looked at as both as a tent in the Aramaic Semitic term and is also seen as our tabernacle, our earthly, the body itself is an earthly tabernacle. The fact that the divine came and took our nature he made our humanity divine again. This is all attack against it. I have here something else. This is interesting. Um, here, Nancy Pelosi. All right. By Eric Quintanar. Proposed house rules strike non-inclusive words. Father, son, sister. McCarthy responds. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat of California, revealed Friday morning, as a set of proposed changes to the House rules for the next Congress, which convenes Sunday at noon, including changes that could that would enshrine gender-inclusive language and cease use of the so-called non-inclusive words in the text of the House rules. The proposed changes which will be voted on shortly after the House intercession would swap out the words "father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, uncle, aunt, husband and wife for the word or, or, or for the word parent or child, sibling, parent, sibling, and spouse in a section of 48 page House rules. Unbelievable. Furthermore, a reference to chairman would be changed to chair. two references to he or she would be swapped for the member delegate or resident commissioner. And references to seamen would become seafarers among other language changes. Anybody, anybody voted for this? I don't remember voting for this. I don't remember. There was ever an election. This was on the ballot. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy reacted to proposed House rules changes on Twitter and marked, this is stupid. Thank you. Thank you, sir. A father and son and brother. Unbelievable. As for for Fox News report, proposed changes don't prohibit members from using gender-specific terms when speaking on the House floor. This is all attack against the incarnation. This is attack against the human person. Darwin's theory of evolution was attack against the the incarnation, the, the, the genocide of the world that, that took place, concentration camps, this whole thing about gender and gender language, neuter gender, whatever you want to call it, is all attack against the incarnation, against our Lord, against our Lord who made humanity sacred you've had we we've, we've had nuns and people who want to get rid of it in the name of the father son and the holy spirit this is all attack against the incarnation whether people like it or not this is exactly what it is all right let's um say the creed since before they change that right <laughs> who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and Apostolic Church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins and look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. Pater Noster qui es in Santa Ficetro Nomen tuum, ad viniad regnum tuum, fiat valentas tua, Secut in cielo ed in terra. Panda nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie et demidi nobis diepta nostra. Secure nos de mitimus diepta ribus nostris, et in nos in dugas in sed libra nosa malo. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, so that's exactly what it is, folks. It's all an attack against the Incarnation. That's what it is. All right. I I can't leave it alone. I have to read one more thing. This is from St. Augustine. All right. St. Augustine, a church father. All right, a great teacher. Here's something that says it all. It's a sermon by him. God became man so that man might become God. All right. I'm I'm most likely going to read it again uh, soon, but I want to I want to I want to focus on this. Beloved, our Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Creator of all things today became our savior by being born of a mother of his own will he was born for us today in time so that he could lead us to his father's eternity god became man so that man might become god lord Become uh, so that man might become God. The Lord of of the angels became man today, so that man could eat the bread of angels. Today the prophecy is fulfilled that said, "Pour down heavens from above and let the clouds rain the Just One. Let the earth be opened, and bring forth a savior." The Lord who created all things is Himself now created, so that He who was lost, would be found. Thus man, in the words of the psalmist, confesses, Before I was humbled, I sinned. Man sinned and became guilty. God is born a man to free man from his guilt. Man fell, but God descended. Man fell miserably, but God descended. Mercifully, man fell through pride. God descended with his grace. My brethren, what miracles! What prodigies. The laws of nature are changed in the case of man. God is born. God is born. A virgin became pregnant with man. The word of God marries the woman who knows no man. She is now at the same time both mother and virgin. She becomes a mother, yet she remains a virgin. The virgin bears a son, yet she does not know man. She remains untouched. Yet she is not she is not barren. He alone was born without sin, for she bore him without the embrace of man, not by the concupiscence of the flesh, but by the obedience of the mind. Nice. Isn't that beautiful? Now what what is Nancy Spelosi going to do there? Is she gonna go tell God you have to be inclusive? You should have you should have created a gender neutral savior? This is this is so stupid the, 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 you know this shows this woman worships politics she worships politics to the point of her own damnation it's unbelievable unbelievable. I mean seriously what is what is this all about? this is all attack against the Incarnation all attack against the Incarnation. here's another one by Saint Augustine a Sermon. Okay, the vision of the word will fulfill our desires. What man knows all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge hidden in Christ, concealed in the poverty of his flesh? Scripture says, although he was rich, he became poor for our sake to enrich us by his poverty. He showed himself poor when he assumed our mortal nature and destroyed death. Yet he promised us riches, for he had not been robbed of his wealth, but was keeping it in reserve. How great are the blessings of his goodness, which he reserves for those who fear him and show those who hope in him, until he given them to us in, in this plenitude, he, until he gives them to us in, this, in their plenitude, we can all have we can have only the faintest conception of them, but to enable us to receive these blessings, he who who, in his divine nature, is equal of a, of a father, assumed the condition of a slave and became like us, and so restored to us our likeness to God. the only Son of God became a son of man to make many men sons of God, He instructed slaves. By showing himself in the form of a slave. And now he enables free men to see him in the form of God. For we are the sons of God. And although what we shall be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. For what are those treasures of wisdom and knowledge? what those divine riches if not the one thing that can fulfill our longing what are the greatest blessings of his goodness if not only if not the one thing that will con- content us therefore show us the father and all our desires will be satisfied christ spoke christ speaks both in us and for us when he is one of when, when he is one of the Psalms, he says to the father, I'm sorry, Christ speaks in us and for us when in one of the Psalms, he says to the father, I shall be satisfied when your glory is revealed for he and the father are one and whoever sees him sees the father. Also, the Lord of hosts is himself the king of glory. He will transform us and show us his face, and we shall be saved. All our longing will be fulfilled. All our desires will be satisfied. But this has not yet been accomplished. He has not yet been given given us the vision that we that will satisfy our every desire. We have not yet drunk our fill of the fountain of life. So while all this remains in the future, we will walk by faith, absent from the lord while we still hunger and thirst for justice and with inexpressible longing yearn for god's beauty let us reverently celebrate the day he was born into our own several conditions since we can as yet form no conception of the generation by the father before the day the day star let us keep the festival of his birth of a virgin in, our, in the hours of the night, since it is still beyond our understanding that his name endures forever and existed before the sun. Let us at least recognize his dwelling that has, that, it, that he has placed beneath the sun. We cannot yet behold him as the only son, abiding forever in his Father. Let us recall his coming forth like a bridegroom from his chamber. We are not yet ready for the banquet of our Father, So let us contemplate the the manger of Jesus Christ, our Lord. You can't change words for political reasons. This is the problem with people like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, AOC, and others. They They want to create a world stripped. They want to make everything one size fits all. And to do that, they're going to have to, they're going to attack religion. I'm telling you, the Joe Biden administration is going to attack the churches. And you're going to get men in the church, bishops, who are going to be willingly do this. What happens when they attack the Our Father? What are we going to say? Our gender-neutral parent who art in heaven, hallowed be your gender-neutral name. Your gender-neutral kingdom come. Is that what we're going to say? It's stupid. Yeah, I'm going to end it here. I'll I'll come back next time. This is just ridiculous. Unbelievable.